Me again. We were talking about concepts in Galatians 3. And these are the scriptures we were going through. We want to go through Galatians 3, 10 to 12. Galatians 3, 17. Galatians 3, 19. Galatians 3, 23 to 25. Understanding these scriptures properly will preserve our minds from the kind of errors that the evangelicals have which will bring in a Sunday law. So we need to make sure we understand what those scriptures were saying. But first, we ask ourselves which law is the book of Galatians speaking about? Which law is the book of Galatians speaking about? Is it the moral law? Is it the ceremonial law? Or is it both laws? Which one is the book of Galatians speaking about? Please let me say something here. Many years ago, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there was a big controversy over the law in Galatians. The president of the General Conference wrote a book about the law in Galatians and said Galatians was only speaking about the ceremonial law. His book was studied by E.J. Wagner, one of the men whom God used to bring about the 1888 message of righteousness by faith. When Wagner investigated the book, he found out that the president of the General Conference, Mr. Butler, was wrong. And he found out that the law in Galatians were both the moral and the ceremonial law. And according to which part of the book of Galatians he would read, it would be especially the moral law or especially the ceremonial law. That's how the book was written. When he presented that in his book, Comments on Galatians, it sent a shockwave through the Adventist church and started a lot of controversy. And it all led to the 1888 General Conference session where they decided to finally find out what this whole issue about justification and law is in Galatians. And by the time Wagner and Jones stood up to speak, all they did was to quote certain scriptures in that conference. And by the time they were finished, everybody was with their mouth dropped open. But then evil angels worked upon a Mr. Morrison in the meeting and pushed him to speak. And he began to attack what Jones Wagner was saying and attempted to make people make a vote on Bible truth so that the church will embrace what was voted upon. But what if the majority of the church believed wrong? Then the church will accept by a vote what, that that is right? The shocking thing about it is, by the time Mrs. White entered into the meeting, she put a stop to all of that. And she warned them and told them that the message that Jones and Wagner brought was a message of God to the church. 
And that this message, if embraced, will lead the Adventist church shortly to any history of this world. As a result of that, they had something what you call ministerial conferences. So that after the 1888 conference, for about a month after, they had ministers meeting with Jones and Wagner in conference to discuss what they said. And every session was rejected. I am quoting Mrs. Bike. She said, arrow after arrow from the quiver was pulled at them until all was exalted, exhausted and we got nowhere. When those ministerial conferences ended, the church entered into a very depressed moral state which led to how they are right now. The shocking thing about it is the book of Galatians is a very strange book. Anybody that writes a great book on it, a book on it, it always causes a controversy. So here, Wagner wrote his book on Galatians. It caused a controversy in the church. Somebody wrote a book on Galatians before. And it became one of the top ten books in the history of the world. Who was it? Martin Luther. Amen, brethren? And later on, John Wesley, reading from the book, became converted. And that started Methodism, Wesleyanism, and all these sort of things. So Galatians seems to be a book that has some very, very revolutionary teachings in it. And listen to me again, my dear brethren. Galatians, we are told, became the third book that Paul wrote. He's supposed to wrote for, write 1 Thessalonians first, 2 Thessalonians second, and thirdly, the book of Galatians. But when he wrote the book of Galatians, it was a major thesis on justification by faith. But then he expanded on the book of Galatians and wrote Romans later. But somehow Romans never seemed to be the book that causes the controversy. Always Galatians. So we ask ourselves the question, what was the law in Galatians? Let's look at Galatians and you'll see the two being referred to. Galatians chapter 5, we are looking at proof of the moral law. Galatians chapter 5. Proof of the moral law. We will look at verse 14, verse 22, and verse 23. Galatians, we are looking at the moral law, proof of the moral law. Roma, um, um, Galatians chapter 5, 14, 22, 23. Is it found? Let's study, we are Bible study now, okay? Yes, Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Which law that is speaking about? The moral law. Now here is how we speak about it later on. We go down now. 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance 
Against such there is what? Against such there is what? No law. Did you see that, my dear brethren? So when he says against such there is no law, there is no law against these good things. So he's speaking about the moral law because the moral law speaks against evil. But to say there is no law against these things, he is saying the moral law does not speak against those good things. So here we have evidence that the moral law is referred to in the book of Galatians. But that's not all. Let's see proof of the ceremonial law. Let's see proof of the ceremonial law. We look at Galatians chapter 5 again. We will look at 3, 4, and 11. 3, 4, and 11. Galatians chapter 5, verse 3. For I testify again to every man that is what? Circumcised. He is adapted to do what? The whole law. What is circumcision? What law is circumcision? The ceremonial law. Is that understood? So he says, if you are circumcised, you are supposed to do the whole law. But when he says do the whole law there, he meant everything written in the law. And that also was justification by faith. We will see that in a short while. Okay? Right. Verse 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. So this law will also be the moral and ceremonial law. But go down to verse 11. Verse 11. Verse 11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer what? persecution, then is the offense of the cross ceased. Then, in other words, nobody will be offended at the cross because I'm preaching circumcision. And circumcision is the ceremonial law. Look at Galatians 6.12. Again, it says this, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. And that is a very clear explanation as why the Jews who claimed they believed in Christ did not want to give up this false teaching. Because if they give up this same justification by doing the law, if they were to give that up, they would have to be totally dedicated to Christ and they would face persecution. So they didn't want to face persecution. So to, because they didn't want to face persecution, Hold on to a teaching that will make you say you're following Christ, but no persecution. And that clearly shows again that circumcision is a, one of the ceremonial laws. Now here is what Mrs. White said about the law in Galatians. Selected Messages, Book 1, page 233. Selected Messages, Book 1, page 233. She says this. I am concerning the law in Galatians. She said, what law is
is the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Hear what she says. What law is the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ? I answer, both the ceremonial moral code of ten commandments. Did you see that, my dear brethren? In other words, the ceremonial law will point you to Christ. The lamb points you to whom? Christ. Circumcision points you to what? Justification. But the ten commandments that will point out sin until you turn from sin. It will say you're a sinner. You're condemned. So both law had the effect of bringing a person to Christ. That's not all. Book 1, page 233. She continues. Typified by the sacrificial offerings. Hear what she said. Typified by the sacrificial offerings pointing to Christ. The whole ceremony was prepared by God and Christ became the foundation of the whole system. This is the beginning of its works as the schoolmaster to bring sinful human agents to a consideration of Christ, the foundation of the whole Jewish economy. Again, she's speaking about the ceremonial law here, but she doesn't only say that. Page 234. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. In this scripture, the Holy Spirit, through the apostle, is speaking especially of the moral law. The law reveals sin to us and causes us to feel our need of Christ and to flee unto him for pardon and peace by exercising repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. End of quote. So what does this show us? That as far as Mrs. White was concerned, the law in Galatians spoke both of the moral law and the ceremonial law. Amen, brethren? Amen? Both the moral law and the what? Ceremonial law. Now, here is the scriptures that we have to look at. First scripture, Galatians 3, 10 to 12. Let's read. Galatians 3, 10 to 12. Let's read. What does it tell us? For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them should live in them. Oh boy. This has posed a problem for some people. The law is not of faith. So then we are supposed to do the law without faith. That's what it seems as if Paul is telling us. That's not all. He seems to be telling us anybody that are of the works of the law under the curse. Why? Because it is written, curse is anyone that continued not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do it. So then an evangelical tell, tell me, once you keep in one, you have to keep all in the law and you can't do it. 
So I say when they say all in the law, the sacrifices, the this, the that, everything. So if you keep in the Sabbath, you to keep everything or else you can't do it. And if you can't do it, then you're under grace. And keeping the law is not out of faith. It's not out from faith. But by saying that, they have made many contradictions to other parts of the scripture which telling us, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, you do what? You establish the law. And faith without works is what? Dead being alone. So that seems to contradict what these other scriptures say. So this is the reason why this is the first tranche of scriptures we need to understand and to get clear. And you'll be surprised at the beauty and simplicity of it all. But then again, Paul always made things hard to, to be understood. But we don't have to worry. It's clearly explained. Now, we are told, again, let's start back looking at it now, from verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law. Notice what it says, they are what? They are of the works of the law. What does it mean when it says for many as are of the works of the law? It means that they are using the law. Watch me. They are using the law, doing the works of the law, to bring justification to themselves. So when it says, as many as are of the works of the law, the idea here is that they are using the law to bring justification to themselves. It's not that they are actually doing the works of the law in a good way, but they are doing the law to bring justification to themselves. That's the problem. How do you know? Look at verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is what? Evident for the word. Just shall live by faith. So then verse 10 is saying, for as many as are of the works of the law, it means using the works of the law to be justified. Did you get that clear? Did you get that clear? It's absolutely important for you to get that. Look at Romans 5.4. Romans 5.4. It says this, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. So then again, using the works, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4. Right? I said Romans. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4. Sorry. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Right? So here we see clearly the problem was using the works of the law to bring justification to yourself. So when it says, if anybody is of the works of the law, it means that person is using the law to bring justification to themselves. They're doing the what? Works of the law to bring justification to themselves. Now watch this, watch this on the board. You have, to, you have doing the works of the law by what? Faith. And then you have doing the works of the law to be what? Justified. Which one is being identified here? Doing the work of the law justified. That's the point. So as many as are of the works of the law means using the works of the law to bring what? Justification to themselves. Is that a fate? Let's read on. Let's read on. Let's read on. Yes. She asks, which law here 
is in, in verse 10. When they were told to do the works of the law, to bring justification, they were not told just the Ten Commandments. They were told all the laws, the Ten Commandments and the ceremonial law. So both the moral law and the Ten Commandments of Mrs. Weiser's is being spoken of there. Well, we ain't come to that yet. We're coming to that. We're coming to that, right? We're taking it step by step. Now, the question is, it says this, verse 10 again. For as many as are of the works of the law are under what? The curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone. The next question we need to ask is, what is this curse that is written in the book of the law? Notice it says, cursed is everyone that continued not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. What is this curse? Let us find this exact curse written in the book of the law. Do you know where the book of the law is? The book of the law is written into the book of Deuteronomy. So when you read the book of Deuteronomy, part of the book of Deuteronomy has the book of the law in it. That's why Deuteronomy means second giving of the law. Because the second giving of the law. Because in the book of Deuteronomy is the book of the law. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29. And we will read 19 to 21. By the way, don't lose the scripture in Galatians here. Deuteronomy 29, 19 to 21. Is it found? We read. And it came to and it come to pass when he heard the words of this curse. The words of what? That he blessed himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in imagination of my heart, to add drunkenness to thirst. Now what does that mean? The person who's saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of my heart. That is idols. The imagination of your heart. To add drunkenness to peace. To thirst. It goes on. The Lord will not spare him. But then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in what? This book. Did you see it? Into what? This book, that is Deuteronomy, shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate unto him evil out of all the tribes of Israel according to the curses of the covenant that are written in what? This book of the law. Did you see that, my dear brethren? So the book of the law is Deuteronomy. And the curses that God wrote here, all you have to do is to read chapter 28 and chapter 29 and they outline the curses. If you check what is happening to the Jews now, you would see it is chapter 28 and 29 being fulfilled. So the point about it is, this is the curses here in the book of the law that the Bible spoke about. But we are told, curses everyone that continued, not in what? 
all things that are what? Written in the book of the Lord to do them. The question is, what does it mean to not continue in all things written in the book of the Lord to do them? What does it mean? First of all, my dear brethren, you need to understand. Let's read the scripture and watch on how these two verses are put together. And you would understand why it is saying, curses anyone that continues not in all things that are written in the book of the Lord. Why? Let's read those two scriptures again, 10 and 11. Galatians. Is it found? For, for as many as are of what? The works of the law are under what? The curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continued what? Not in all things that is what? Written in the book of the law to do them. What things? The next verse. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For what? The just shall live by faith. That's what you're supposed to see in the book of the law. If you say I'm going to follow what is in the book of the law, you have to follow all things written in the book of the law. And the book of the law said nothing about doing what? The works of the law to be what? Justified. The book of the law says you must be born again to do the law. That's what the book of the law says. So if you claim that you're doing the law, then you must follow what is written where? In the law to do them. And what is written in the law? It says nothing about using the law to bring righteousness to yourself. What is written in the law is that you must be born again to do the law. So at the moment you say you're doing the works of the law, then you have to follow everything the book of the law says that must be done. Repent, what else? Believe, what else? Be justified or born again, and what else? Then you do the law. That's what you have to follow. And that is the all things written in the book of the law. Proof of it, let's go back at the same book of the law, Deuteronomy, and hear how it tells you you keep the law. You ready for this? We start off at Deuteronomy 28. We will look at 58 and 59. We start off there. Yes, 28. And we will start off with 58 and 59. Is it found? Hear what it tells us. If thou will not observe to do all, to do how much? All the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear the glorious and terrible name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord shall make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance and sore sickness and long continuance. End of quote. Did you see that? So God is saying, if you don't follow everything in the book of the law, you shall be cursed. Amen, brethren? Did you see that here? Now here is how you do the law. Deuteronomy 30. 
Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Is it from? It says this. And the Lord thy God shall circumcise thine heart. Where? Where? Thine heart. And what? The heart of thy seed. To do what? To love the Lord thy God with what? All thine heart. And what else? With all thy soul that thou mayest what? Did you see that? So God is saying, your heart needs to be circumcised if you have to love the Lord thy God. But why is God saying your heart must be circumcised? What does circumcision mean? That God is saying your heart must be circumcised. We are clearly told what circumcision means in the book of Romans. Look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Verse 11. Verse 11. And he received the sign of what? Circumcision. A seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being what? Uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be what? Not circumcised, that righteousness shall, might be what? imputed unto them also. So we are being told circumcision is a symbol of being justified by faith. Receiving righteousness by faith. That is what circumcision means. And so we are told that God must circumcise your heart which is justify what? Your heart to make you what? Love him. And John says this is the love of God that we what? Keep his commandments and his commandments are not what? Grievous. Did we see that my dear brethren? So in other words, the book of the law is saying that you need to be born again, you need to be justified in your heart to keep the law of God. Amen, brethren? So then if you say you are doing the law, you need to do all things written in the book of the law. But the book of the law never says do the works of the law to be what? Justified. So you're not following what is written there. The book of the law says the Lord must circumcise your heart to love God. And circumcision is a symbol of what? Justification. So God must justify you in your heart to make you love God. That's what the book of the law says. So if a Jew was claiming that he was doing the law and he claimed he was following the book of the law, you have to ask him, where does the book of the law say do the works of the law to be justified? Nowhere. Nowhere. That's not all. Yes, brother. It, it was teaching something spiritual. That's right. This is the reason why, in, listen to me carefully. In Genesis chapter 17, God spoke to Abraham and told Abraham 
you had two covenants there. A, 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 a symbolic covenant and a what? A spiritual covenant. The symbolic covenant was called circumcision. And the spiritual covenant was identified as being made to love God. And this is the reason why in Deuteronomy here, it was always God's intention that a Jew was supposed to keep the law of God by faith. Remember the just shall live by faith is taken from Habakkuk. And Habakkuk certainly is not in the New Testament. So where do you think he learned it from? We are, yet, we are not yet finished. You will see where they actually learned the just shall live by faith. Now listen to me again. We are going on. We are not stopping here. Look at Romans chapter 2, 27 to 29. Watch this. Romans chapter 2, 27 to 29. Is it found? Same problem, watch. And shall not uncircumcision, that is the Gentiles, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision don't do what? Transgress the law. Did you just see that? In other words, what we are being told here is that a person can be actually doing the physical works of the law while breaking the law. So a day we went now and they by, 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 by circumcision and using the works of the law to bring transgression were in fact transgressing the law. Let's read it again. Verse 27. Let's read verse 26 for the background. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, that is the Gentiles, Keep the righteousness of the law. That's the moral law. Shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? In other words, shall not the fact that he's uncircumcised be counted as if he is circumcised? Because he's keeping the righteousness of the law. Then it goes on. And shall not uncircumcision the Gentile, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, that is you the Jew, who by the letter and circumcision doth transgress the law? For he, the Gentile, is not a Jew which is one word, outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward where? In the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one how? Inwardly. And the circumcision is that of what? The heart in the what? The spirit or experience. And not in the what? The letter. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. What does this show us here? It shows us that circumcision symbolizes God cutting off the sinful experience of the mind. And in the Old Testament, God must circumcise your heart to make you love him. That's how the law was to be kept. So when you look at the book of the law in Deuteronomy, you see nothing about doing the works of the law to be justified. Rather, you see that you must be born again or be justified to do the works of the law. That's what you see in it. Amen, brethren? Yes, brother. It will be settled in your mind. The change would have been settled in your mind at that time. Because you have the stamp seal and you have settling seal. 
they re you receive the stamp seal when you're converted. But you receive the what? The settling seal after you're settling into the faith. They are receiving the settling seal. But when we are converted, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's the stamp seal. But this is mine. And then you settle, finally. Watch again now. Watch again now. Let's see what circumcision really means again. Look at Colossians. Chapter 2. 11, and 13, 11 to 13. Colossians chapter 2. 11 to 13. Now you see you must know these things. We read. Colossians chapter 2. From verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised. With the circumcision made without made without hands in the putting off of the what the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of whom christ buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen with him through the fate of the operation of god you didn't catch that one through what the fate of the world the operation of god so god is operating and that operation is explained as a particular fate. So the fate of the operation of God. It goes on. Who had raised them from the dead, and you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all what? All what? Trespasses. Did you see that? So in other words, this again is clearly showing us in different ways that you're dead in trespasses and sins and God gives you spiritual life. That's what circumcision is all about. Circumcision means to be born again. It means to be what? Justified. That's what it means. And that's the reason why in Deuteronomy we are being told, in the book of the law we are being told that you have to be, your heart has to be what? Circumcised. To make you love the Lord, thy God. Is that understood? You have to be what? Circumcised to love the Lord, thy God, or to keep the law. So the book of the law says nothing about using the law to bring righteousness to yourself. Or using the law to justify yourself. The book of the law says nothing about that. In fact, the book of the law tells you over and over, you keep the law by faith. Are you listening to me? The book of the law does not claim that a man is justified by the works of the law, which he does by his own ability. It claims justification by faith. Thus, the just lives by faith. Right? And faith is evidently the word of God. You didn't hear me? Let's look at two scriptures together. Watch how it is put. Deuteronomy 38 to 14. Deuteronomy 38 to 14. Find it. Deuteronomy 38 to 14. Now, as I'm reading, I am going to point out 
certain points that you must keep in your mind. Okay? Deuteronomy 30, 8 to 14, from verse 8. And thou shalt return and obey what? The voice of Yahweh and do what? All his commandments which I command thee what? This day. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It says you must first obey what? The voice of God. And then what? Do his what? His commandments. That's what it says. So it means whatever the voice of God says, it motivates you to do the what? The commandments. Notice how the Bible puts it. It didn't say do the commandments and have the voice of God speak to you. If it says do God's commandments and the voice of God will speak to you, when you do the law, God will then say you are justified. So it would mean you do the law to bring what? Justification. But it didn't say so. It said obey the word, The voice of Yahweh. And then what? Do his commandments. Well, let's, let's see. Let's go on again. Let's read on. We're continuing. Verse 9. And the Lord thy God shall make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Why? Condition? What does it say? Verse 10, what? If thou shalt hearken unto what? The voice of the Lord thy God to what? Keep his commandments and his what? Statutes, which, which are what? Written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy what? Did you see that? So you have to hear the voice of the Lord thy God. You have to turn to God with all thy heart. And you have to do his commandments. That's what the book of the law is saying to do. Did you get that, my dear brethren? But that's not all. Let's continue. Verse 11. For this commandment, which I command thee this day, is not hidden from thee. Neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us? That we may hear it and what? That we may what? Hear first and then what? Do it. Did you see that? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may what? Hear it and what? Do it. Did you hear that? That we may what? Hear it and do it. Now watch me. When Moses wrote that in those days, there were two theology existing. Both the, both the Egyptians and the Babylonians, the two of them had two alternative theology. The theology was where the law came from. That was their theology. Where did the law came from? The Babylonians said the mother goddess went over the sea and bring the law to them. That's what it said. So that the law was brought from across the sea in a boat by the mother goddess and brought to the Babylonians. 
the Egyptians said that the sky god sent a god down first down from the heavens with the law for them to do it and there was a whole school of religion based upon these two thoughts so that if you were living at that time when Moses wrote that and you were to go into Babylon, ancient Babylon at that time or you were to go into ancient Egypt at that time and inquire what they were teaching you would hear their theology was where the law came from one was saying it came from heaven one was saying it came from what? beyond the sea and Moses is saying it not far that you have to send somebody beyond the sea to get it no you have to say who shall go up to heaven and bring it to us the law is not far but hear how you keep the law he didn't just tell you that here is the shocking statement we read but the word did you hear that but what the word is very near unto thee. Where? In thy mouth. And where? In thy heart. That what? That thou mayest do it, the law. Did you see that? So the book of the law is saying that the word of God must be where? In your heart that you may what? Do the law. Did you see that? It never says do the law. The works of the law on your own strength and then while God justify you. It says, no, 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 no. You must be born again. And the word of God is in your heart that you might do the law. Amen, brethren? Many years later, Paul takes up that statement and he quotes it and he explains what it means. Let us hear Paul explaining what it means. Turn to Romans. Chapter 10. 68 Romans chapter 10 68 What does he say? Romans chapter 10 He says this Notice he's explaining how righteousness by faith comes, huh? So that day he's telling you what righteousness by faith is all about. And he's telling you that the book of the law spoke about righteousness by faith. Hear what he said, verse 10. Uh, uh, chapter 10 of Romans, sorry. From verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith, speak it on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend where? So he's borrowing the ascending to heaven from Deuteronomy, but he's putting a new meaning to it now. Because the old theology is dead and gone many years in Egypt and Babylon. So here, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. The Jews thought that the Messiah was the Torah. And that you have to bring the Messiah or the Torah down from above. So he is saying... Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead, the resurrection of Christ? But what said it? Notice he's quoting Deuteronomy. Eh? The word is near thee. Did you see it? Even in thy mouth. And where? And in thine heart. But he, hold on, hold on. 
but he adds to explain what Deuteronomy means. He says, that is what? The word of faith which we preach. Did you see that? So what Deuteronomy was saying is that the word of faith must be where? In your heart that you might what? Do the law. Did you see that? But if you want to follow all things written in the book of the law, that is what you must follow. That the word of God must be where? In your heart, which is the word of faith, that you may what? Do the law. Now watch me. Watch me. Give her the thing. Okay. Give her her tablets. What does it say here now? Okay. Right, she gets in it. Okay. All right. Good. So watch. Question. Okay. If the word of God is in your heart, that you might do the law, and the word is the word of faith, then ask me. Watch. Answer this. Watch. If you are doing the law. By the word of God in your heart, which is faith, are you not living by faith? Yes. But if God had circumcised your heart to make you love Him, which is keeping the commandments, aren't you not just? Yes. So then, is the just not living by faith? Yes. That's where the term comes from. The just shall live by faith comes from right here, the book of Deuteronomy. Amen, brethren. Amen. The book of the law says you must live by what? Faith. Amen, brethren? The just lives by faith. And this is what Paul is saying in so much words. But watch. Since the word of God is faith, then to obey the voice of God, which is the word of God, which is the word of faith, and keep his commandments, is to be living by faith. Amen, brethren? And that's what the book of the law is saying. So then Paul is telling the Jews and the Galatians, you are saying do the works of the law to bring righteousness to yourself, to justify yourself. But then you're not following all things written in the book of the law. No man is justified by the law. The book of the law didn't say that. But the just shall live by what? Faith. That is what the book of the law says. That's what he is saying. You see some evangelical who don't understand these things, put it in a wrong way, and give the impression you're doing the law. And it doesn't and it means nothing at all. Do you get up there, my dear brethren? Let me give you some scriptures now with listening to the voice of God or the word of God and doing the law. You're just living by faith. Deuteronomy 4 2. Deuteronomy 4 2. Yes, brother Evil. Exactly, that's right. But since you say that, Deuteronomy 4.2, you read that for us now. Deuteronomy 4.2. Yes. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. Yes. Go ahead. 
shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of Yahweh your God which I command you. Did you see that? God says, don't diminish from my word, or don't add from my word which I give you, that you may keep my commandments. So here, through the word of God, you're supposed to do what? Keep the commandments. That is the word of faith. So through the word of faith, you keep the commandments of God. Do you want to see the next one again? Deuteronomy 13.4, Brother Michael, read it. Deuteronomy 13.4. see again, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fame and keep his commandments and that is called what? Obey. And obey his voice and you shall serve him. So when you walk after the law of God, you are obeying what? His voice. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. Right? Brother David, this one, <laughs> this one right here. Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. Right, so if you choose life, which is the same life that Christ said he came to offer, you and your seed will live. Go ahead. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest keep unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham and Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen. So here you have again, you love the Lord thy God and obey his voice. So love the Lord thy God is keeping the commandments. Obeying his voice is the word of God in your heart that you might love the Lord, the Lord thy God. As we saw before. Amen, brethren? So over and over the book of the Lord speaks about the word of God when it is obeyed makes you the word of God when it is obeyed makes you keep the commandments of God. Over and over it says that. Okay, my dear brethren? Okay, my dear brethren? Um, one last scripture Deuteronomy 28 Brother Terence Deuteronomy 28 1 Deuteronomy 28 1 Yes Shall come to pass, if thou shalt 
This is the word again. If you will hearten diligently unto what? The voice of the Lord thy God. To what? To observe and do all his commandments. So the voice of God, the word of God, which is the word of faith. And once that is in you, you do his commandments. Do you get the flow, my dear brethren? Do you get the flow, my dear brethren? So, what does Paul tell us? Go back to Galatians. Go back to Galatians. Chapter 3. What does he tell us? It goes back again to Galatians chapter 3. For as many as are of the works of the law, verse 10, are under the curse. For it is written, Curses everyone that continued not in what? All things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. That's what the book of the law is saying. Then he goes on, And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. What does it mean? When it says, and the law is not of faith. It means what? Doing the works of the law to be what? Justified is not of faith. That is what it means. Watch how that is proven in your Bible. Watch how that is proven. Look at Romans 9, 31 and 32. When it says, and the law is not out of faith, right? What does that mean? It means doing the works of the law to justify yourself is not from faith. That is what it means. Proof of it? Look at Romans chapter 9, verse 31 and 32 and see how it is explained. Have you found it? Watch this now. But Israel... Which followed after what? Come on, come on. But Israel, which followed after what? The law of righteousness, so they are doing it, have not attained to what? The law of righteousness. So they are doing the works of the law, but they didn't attain to really do the works of the law. Why? It says, Because they sought it not what? By faith, but what? As it were, but what? By the works of the law. So you see, that was the problem of Israel. Watch. Watch. They were doing the works of the law not by faith, but just by doing the works of the law. Did you see that, my dear brethren? And you see, that is the problem with Israel. Israel is doing the works of the law just by just doing the works of the law. They're not doing it by faith. And you see, that was their problem. And that same false teaching took on a Christian form and was brought by Jews into the Galatian church. Yes, you accept Christ. But you need to be circumcised and do the works of the law. Then you get justification. And look, Paul was already saying the Jews were doing the works of the law just by doing the works of the law, not by faith. That was their problem. That is the real issue. Not doing the works of the law, but doing the works of the law on your own strength to get justification. But he didn't only end there. Look at Romans chapter 10. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The Pharisees and scribes. Watch me now. 
it was, watch me, it was the Pharisees that infiltrated the church with that false doctrine. Acts tells us that it was the Pharisees that believed, that went in the church and tell people you have to be circumcised and keep the law to get justification. It was the Pharisees that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. So not because they were Pharisees that believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they gave up all their false doctrine. No. So that was the problem. So no Pentecostal could come and tell you the Bible is saying don't keep the law. The Bible is saying if you keep the law without faith, that is wrong. Again, let's just read Romans chapter 9 again, 31 and 32 again. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, why? Because they sought it not out of faith, but as it were, out of what? The works of the law. That's right. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Did you see that? For they being what? Ignorant of what? <coughs> they being ignorant of what? God's righteousness and going about to what? Establish what? Their own righteousness have not what? Submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Did you see that? So here is it being presented another way. Watch me. The righteousness of God is God himself. Righteousness of God equals God himself. But the righteousness of God is given to you in faith. So faith gives you the righteousness of God. So watch. If you have faith, the revealed truth of the plan of salvation, it exalts God in your mind, you have the righteousness of God, and it is faith and the righteousness of God that motivates you to do the law. Is that understood? So chapter 9 tells us that the Jews were doing the law, and that means they were doing it without what? Faith. Amen, brethren? Chapter 10 tells us that they were doing the law and going about to establish their own law because they were ignorant of what? The righteousness of God. So put the two together. They didn't have what? Faith in their heart. They didn't have what? The righteousness in God in them, yet they were doing what? The law. By their own strength. That was the problem of them. That was their problem. And that was brought into the church via the Pharisees that believed. Did you understand me, my dear brethren? So the problem was not doing the works of the law, what? By faith. But the problem was what? Doing the works of the law to be what? Justified. That was the problem. And that is what Galatians is addressing. It is saying the book of the law says nothing about doing the works of the law to be what? Justified. Rather, it says that you must be born again or your heart must be circumcised to keep the commandments. And that the word of God must be in your heart that you may do the law. In other words, the book of the law is saying, no man is justified by the works of the law, the just shall live by faith. That's what the book of the law is saying. So if you don't obey that which is written in the book of the law, you are not doing what? All things written in the book of the law. Amen, brethren? Amen, brethren? And that 
doing the law, the works of the law to be justified is not done out of faith. Because obviously, you're doing it by your own strength. Yes, my dear brother. It's a command of the Pope. That's the real thing. A command of the Pope. That's how it is. The authority they claim to have in religious matters. And that's why whenever you're dealing with Roman Catholic, you always have to deal with the command of the Pope. Their religious authority. Now we're going to close off in a short while. Look at Acts chapter 15. Let's see the root of that problem. Where did it start from? What was the problem? Acts chapter 15, 1 and 2. We start there. Is it found? We read. And certain men came down from Judea. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Okay, my dear brethren. Now go to verse 4. You ready? Verse 4 to verse 6. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. And they declared all the things that God had done with them. So stop right there. So Paul and Barnabas now, they're giving a missionary report. Look at the wonderful things God had done. So many people were converted. Oops, who stands up? Pharisees who believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And they say, well, no, 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 no. You have to be circumcised first. <laughs> let's, let's read it. Let's read it for ourselves. Verse 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the what? Pharisees. Did you see that? Now the word sect there is a wrong translation. The actual Greek word is heresy. So let's read the real word as it is. We read. But there rose up certain of the heresy of the Pharisees which believed saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders came together 
for to consider this matter. Did you see that? That's where the heresy came from. If it was from Pharisees who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they're the one that took the same old teaching, do the works of the Lord to be what? Justified and brought it in the church. And that is what was destroying Galatia. Did you see that, my dear brethren? That's where it came from. That was the source of it. Read verse 24. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and what? Keep the law to whom we gave no such watch. Commandment. Did you see that? So that keeping the law is doing the works of the law to be justified. And that's where the problem came from. Amen, brethren? Amen, brethren? Notice we are told, go back again to Galatians. We'll finish off here. Yes. The sex of the Pharisees, a group of Pharisees that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. That's how they had, they had that belief before. And when, and when the disciples started preaching on the day of Pentecost, a lot of the Pharisees and them, we are told, became converted. But some of them, instead of giving up that teaching, held on to that teaching. And whenever the apostles would go and preach and tell people to accept Jesus and become converted, they would say, but you must also be circumcised and keep the law to get justification. And that caused a lot of trouble, and they spread that in Galatia. So the church met in a council in Jerusalem to deal with the matter. And that's what we, are, we were reading here. That's where that heresy came from. Right? No. Yeah, but they believe that you must keep those laws with the Ten Commandments to be justified. That's what they were telling people. But watch you now. You still have the assemblies of Yahweh teaching that. They still teach you have to keep ceremonial and moral laws to be righteous. They still teach that. Right. Now, one last point we need to touch here and then we will stop. Go back to Galatians 3. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith. We understood that. It means using the law as a means to bring what? Justification to yourself is not done out of what? Faith. But the man that doeth them should live where? In them. In other words, the man that doing the law should live where? In the law. What does that mean? But the man that doing them should live in them. What does that mean? To understand what that means, look at Romans chapter 10 verse 5. We start there. Romans chapter 10 verse 5. What does that mean? But the man that doing them should live in them. Right? We want to know what does that phrase mean. The man that do the law should live in the law. What does that mean? Let's first look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 5 to understand what does this mean. 10.5 Did you see it there? Did you see it there? For Moses described it what? 
come on, come on. For Moses described it what? The righteousness which is of the law. That what? The man that doeth those things should live where? The word is in them. That's the Greek word. Live in them. That's the Greek word. So in other words, when it says the man that doeth them, it means do the righteousness of the law. The man that do the righteousness of the law should live in them. In the righteousness of the law. Did you not get that? The man that do the righteousness of the law should live in the righteousness of the law. In other words, if you want to do the righteousness of the law, you have to live where? In the righteousness of the law. What does that mean? You'll be shocked to see what your Bible tells you. Let's look find it in the Old Testament. Remember, it's the Old Testament being quoted. Quickly, let's find. Let's find it in the Old Testament. Leviticus 18.5 It must be in you. My feet. That's how you could do it. Is it found? Let's see what a live in there means. Leviticus 18.5 We'll stop in a very short while. I know some people are weary now. Mine can't take any more. <laughs> But let's, let's just finish off this little part here. 18.5 Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and what? And what? My judgment, which if a man do, he shall what? Live in them. I am the Lord. You know what God is saying here? God is saying for you to really do my law, you must what? Live in it. That's an Old Testament teaching. If you are to really do it, which if a man do, he must live in it. Amen. That's so right now. Amen. If you are to do the law, you must live where? In it. Where must the law be? In your heart. You see, God must write it where? In your heart. That way you are living where? In it. That you may what? Do it. Just the same conversion. Just the same I Look again. One more. Deuteronomy 30.10. Deuteronomy 30.10 Deuteronomy 30.10 Is it found? If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep all his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law and if thou wilt turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul. Which really means experience. Spirit, experience. So your experience and your heart must be turned to God. Which means the law must be written where? In your heart. So if the law is written in your heart, you are living in them. You see the, the, the principle, the biblical principle of mutual in this. It's there, fits in there. Abide in me and I will in you. Is that understood? Yes. So if you have, if you live where? In the law, it means the law must be where? In you. Look at Psalms 37. I'll give you this as a final scripture and then we'll stop. Verse 31. Psalms 37, 31. Yes, a natural principle. Yes. 37, 31. 
Look at Tete from verse 30 and then 31. Tete and 31. The mouth of whom? Come on. The mouth of whom? Speak it what? And his tongue talketh of what? Why? The law of his God is where? And what happens? None of his steps shall slide. That means he's sin free. Did you see that? That means he's sin free. None of his steps shall what? Slide. He's sin free. So in other words, watch me. In closing, Galatians tells us, but the man that doeth them, that is the law, the righteousness of the law, shall live where? In them. It means the law must be where? In his heart. The righteousness of the law must be where? In your heart that you might do it. That's what the Bible teaches you. Let me give you one more scripture. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. Remember he's speaking about the righteousness of the law. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. Last one. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. What does it say here? That the righteousness of the law might be what? Who walk what? Not after the flesh, but after what? That's right. So if the righteousness of the law is in you, then you will do it. Amen? You'll walk after the what? Spirit, not after the flesh. Amen, brethren? So the man that do it, them should live where? In them means it must be where? In you. Yes, my dear. Yes, that's right. That's in Hebrews chapter 8. And Hebrews chapter 10. And it shall come to pass that I will write my law where? In their hearts. Is that understood, my dear brethren? I had all this here, but our time is past. So listen to me now, in conclusion. This one here says, watch me. The law was 430 years after Abraham. Exodus chapter 12 shows that they came out of Egypt 400, not, sorry, it doesn't say after Abraham. It says the law, the law came 430 years after. When Jacob went into Egypt with his sons to dwell there, 430 years later, exactly, the children of Israel left Egypt. It's in Exodus chapter 12. You can read it for yourself. So by the time they came to Mount Sinai, it was three months into the 430 years after. So 430 years after, they came out of Egypt. Three months later, they came to Mount Sinai, and God gave them the Ten Commandments. Wherefore, serving the law, it was added, translation. It was put towards them. That's the actual Greek. So this is what the next verse here 319 shows. Wherefore serving the law? It was put towards them. On Mount Sinai, God spoke the Ten Commandments, putting the law towards them. In fact, the very Greek word translated put towards them is translated spoken in your Bible. The very word translated added. Right? It's translated as spoken in your Bible. Wherefore serving the law? It was spoken towards them or put towards them. Right? Is that understood? 
put to work. And the final one here, so, tells us that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And after we come to Christ, we are no longer under schoolmaster. Wrong translation. Pedagogos. That's the Greek word. And it means more than schoolmaster. It means a childhood guardian. Between the ages of 6 to 16, wealthy Romans had a slave that would train their child in morals, send their child to school, teach the child all kind of good, and keep the child from getting mingled with bad company. That slave was called a pedagogos. And Paul says the law was our pedagogos. Right? Pedagogos. The word means childhood guardian. What does it mean? Childhood guardian. That's what it means. So the law was the one that guarded you when you were a child, which means an unconverted person. Amen? Remember we read in the morning, a child is no different to what? A slave? That's what he's speaking about. When you are yet a child, you're unconverted. The law put conviction to keep you from wrong. Amen? The ceremonial law pointed to Christ. It says the lamb, point, the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The moral law restrain you from evil. Until the faith comes. And when the faith comes to you, you're no longer under what? A schoolmaster or a childhood guardian. In other words, the law no longer have to tell you, keep away. The ceremonial law no longer have to tell you, this is Christ, you know Christ already. Amen, brethren? It doesn't mean you no longer have to keep the Ten Commandments. That's how they misuse it. Amen, brethren? That's what Paul is telling us. So, sometime in the future we will talk about those things, okay? In the meanwhile, these are very important things for you to get to know. Study your Bible. The book of Galatians does not tell you that you're not supposed to keep the law. The book of Galatians has nothing in it saying that the law is abolished. Rather, the book of Galatians says you have to keep the law by faith. And the book of Galatians tells you that in the book of the law, it says nothing about doing the works of the law to be justified. Rather, it says you must be converted to do the law. You must have the word of God in your heart or obey the voice of God to do the law. Amen, brethren? That's what the book of the law says. Do you get that clear, my dear brethren? Oh, I look and I see we are in minds that can't go no further. So we will stop right here. Let's stop right here, okay? Please let us stand. Yes. That's right. Exactly. So they leave the people astray. Exactly. And God is going to deal with them. Because they're not such a dummy if they know the Bible to know that the one that is abolished is not the Ten Commandments. It's the killing of the animals once a year for sin. Amen. Amen. Yeah? Amen. 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 Okay. Right. But I would like, just like you all to know that if even some of the ceremonial law was existing in those days, the Bible says, was there a law, is the law against the promises of God? No, that is what Galatians say. No law was given that could give life on its own. 
So the law was not against the what? Promises of God. That's what Galatians tell you. And the promise is the promise of the word Holy Spirit. Giving the ceremonial law didn't do away with the fact of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen, brethren? Amen? The Ten Commandments doesn't do away with the Holy Spirit. In fact, it can only be kept by the word Holy Spirit working in you. That's what the Bible shows you. One and then two, quickly. Yeah, that is something different now. Yeah. It's more um, the Noahide people now. That's different now. Yeah. Tell that. Yes. Yes, in the respect to Galatians 2, verse 12, Galatians 2, verse 12, mm -hmm. um, where it says, first of all, and the law is not of faith, and then it says, but the man that dwells them shall live in them. This is speaking about this whole law in both cases, like the ceremonial law. Well, we didn't get the chance to go into it. When it says, watch me, and the law is not done and, the, and doing the works of the law to be justified is not done out of faith. But the man that doing them must live in them. It means it must be in you. So the ceremonial law must be in you. If the ceremonial law is in you, it's not a lamb dying in you, but whom? Christ dying in you. That's what it must be, right? And of course, the Ten Commandments must be written in your heart for you to do it. So that's what I'm saying. That's what Paul is showing us in Galatians, okay? Now, brethren, here is what? I have about 25 um, DVDs of the um, movie that was shown, right? And I can only afford to give some people, not all. And I can't give one person two. So I can only give one, right? So afterwards, you come here and I will give you, right? There are certain people I have to put one in their hand who are making copies, right? Okay? Some for people in the South. And for other people, right? So, when I'm finished here, I will give you those who I can give. Okay, my dear brethren? I must give Brother Cameron. I must give um, Sister Denise one. And there are a couple of more people here, right? That I must give one, okay? So, show yourself, okay? Yes. So even the nominal Adventists don't understand this. So what we're going to do, we're going to go over it again. Okay, brethren? Take our time and go over it step by step. Let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you very much for all that you have shown us, for all the blessings that you have given to us. But please help us to abide in these truths that we might be saved. Help us to study these things for ourselves. As we leave here today to go home, please keep us safe from all harms, 
troubles, dangers, and accidents. And may we bless your name in all that we say and do. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Okay, don't forget Sister Merle will take up funds for the radio program. And on Sunday, our television program is coming out. Deadly virus. Right? Or killer virus, right? Watch it and make sure you call somebody. Don't forget to support the church with tithes and offerings. And those of you who I have DVDs for, please come right now to collect it. Yes, let me give you right now. Don't talk to me about that. Now. <laughs> you know, okay. All right. This is yours. Right? This one is yours. This is yours. This one 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 is yours. Right? Okay. Oh. Right. And this one is yours. Right? Okay, um, you'll get one from Dini's here, right? Yes. I don't have much. Come one time, huh? Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is movie, right? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I had to give it to some people with so you'll get more, right? I promise, right? Okay, this one is your own, right? Okay. You'll get one from me and each other. Okay, I have to just Brother Troy. Troy. Oh, you get right? All right, okay. Oh, let me give you this stuff. Yes, he got one. 